Well, what an honor and a privilege to be with you this morning. This is uh, it's an honor to be with the church um, at a time like this. So thank you for asking me. And it's, uh, I'm thankful for the friendships that I have made here at this church. Thankful for the times that I've gotten to preach and to be with you and to build relationships uh, with you. Um, you know, whenever we would talk about going to Resurrection OC, my youngest daughter would always say, is that the church with the donuts? <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, I want to introduce to you my mom and my dad, Marvin and Linda. All the way from Westminster, Maryland, which is 20 miles south of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, just on the other side of the border. Of course, my wife, Christy, and Karis, and Kara's in the restroom, and Kaylin's not feeling great, so she is uh, missing. Uh, good thing we didn't tell her there were no donuts this morning, so. <laughs> Carl, you may owe her a donut uh, at no some problem. point. Okay, I know you're good for it. Okay. Yeah. I'm real good. <laughs> okay, we're going to be in uh, Psalm 67 this morning, so you may turn there, and, uh, and before we read Psalm 67, um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Richard Nixon. So you know Richard Nixon, President of the United States, the only president. He's our who, neighbor. Your neighbor, that's right, not far. San Clemente. Uh, San Clemente. Yeah. Uh, the only president born in California, and uh, was born in Yorba Linda, but then had a house in San Clemente. And, of course, Nixon is known for the Watergate scandal, best known for the Watergate scandal, unfortunately, which led to him resigning his presidency um, in August of 1974. And you may know this as well, but Nixon was known for his dogged attitude. His, he was a very hard worker uh, when he was in the president's office. Uh, but in August of 74, uh, after he had resigned the presidency, he returned back to Orange County to San Clemente with his family. And the return signaled one of the darkest times in his life. He was uh, immediately received by the Marine Air Corps stationed by thousands of loyal supporters. But after that moment, he said it was the darkest chapter of his life. And, and this is what he said about that time. This time, as compared with the other crises I had endured, I could see no reason to live, no cause to fight for, unless a person has reason to live for other than himself, he will die, first mentally, then emotionally, then physically. This morning we're going to look at our God, who is on mission in this world, and who sends his people on mission. And it's in that mission that we are most alive. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy if you judge the peoples with equity. Guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would use your word to reignite a passion 
for the salvation of the world, including those here in Orange County. This morning, would you give us a glimpse into your heart for the nations, for those who do not belong to you yet in your strategy of reaching the world? Lord, would you use your word to stir our hearts individually? Holy Spirit, form us into people who are a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for your own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of you who called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. And Lord, as you have called the people of resurrection to a particular mission over the last almost seven years here to South Orange County, would you reignite their hearts for their next calling, for their next holy pursuit? Would you give them a sense of your pleasure in them this morning? Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about God's plan to reach the nations, and we're going to talk about God's global strategy, both for the world, but also here in Orange County, and even the role that you have played and that you will play in that. First, we're going to talk about who God will reach the nations through. He will do it through a people on mission. Secondly, we're going to talk about how God will reach the nations. So we'll talk about the power for missions. And then third, we're going to talk about the people of the resurrection. We'll start with the first point, a people on mission. So Psalm 67 begins and ends with a blessing. So this psalm or this song is bracketed at the top and at the bottom by the God who gives his blessing to his people. So in verse 1, begins by asking God for his blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And then it ends in verses 6 and 7, where with full confidence, the psalmist says, God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So this psalm is clearly then about the blessing of God. But what is obvious about this blessing of God is that God's blessing is not to be hoarded or kept like a kid collecting candy on Halloween. This psalmist is asking for God's blessing because he wants God's blessing not for himself, but for someone else. And here's what's more interesting. The psalmist, of course, isn't asking God for the blessing for himself. The psalmist isn't even asking the blessing for a loved one, like a child, a son or a daughter, a parent, or a co-worker, or a neighbor, or a classmate. The psalmist is making this audacious ask of God. He is praying for the people of the world, a people that he has not yet met, a people that he likely will never meet, a people that may not even be alive yet. Look at verse 2. Asking for this blessing so that your way may be known on earth, so that your saving power may be known among the nations. What a prayer. What a song, what a sentiment that the God of Israel one day would become the God who was worshipped and adored by all the people of the world. But here's what's interesting, and if we miss this, we miss the point of this psalm. The writer of the psalm isn't simply praying for the nations, that they would know and worship the God of Israel. The writer of this psalm is praying for God's blessing on Israel so that the people of God would be the very people who would take the salvation of the Lord to the world. That's what this psalm is about. God, bless us here and now so that we might be a blessing to the world. 
Now, if this language seems familiar to you, it's because it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. As he is writing this song, the psalmist most likely is thinking about Abram in Genesis 12, the father of the people of God. And when God met Abram there in Genesis 12, God said to Abram, you are mine, and I'm going to bring a nation from you, and this nation will be my people, and my blessing will be on this nation so that you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And so what the world needs most is what Abram had. What the world needs most is what the people of God, the church, has. The church has been given a clear message to take the proclamation of Jesus Christ to the world. That's a big ask. That's a tall order. And so the psalmist here not only tells us that we are a people on mission, but the psalmist points us to the power for this mission because it is a tall order and a big task. Second point here is the power for mission. For mission. There are two images in this psalm that stand out. The first image that I want to draw your attention to is in verse 4. And the image is sandwiched in between the chorus of this psalm, which is found in verses 3 and 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So it's this selfless, outward-looking, God-centered song that the church sings. Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. And in between this chorus is this image here in verse 4. Let the nations be glad. Let the nations sing for joy. And it's a hard-to-imagine image, at least for Israel, 3,000 years ago, that all of the nations of the world would be singing the same song as the people of God, a song of praise for the Lord who brings salvation. And yet, it's the same image that we're given in Revelation chapter 7 of what will be true one day. When John tells us of the vision that he received from the Lord, there in verse 7 he says, or chapter 7, After this I looked, and behold, John says, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne, the throne and to the Lamb. So we've already heard who the Lord will use to bring the nations to him, he will use his people, the church, a people on, the miss, on mission. But this brings us to the second image and then leads us to that second point that we have here in Psalm 67. The power for mission is found in the image that we see in the second half of verse 1. When the psalmist writes, may God be gracious to us and bless us, and then he gives us this image, and make your face to shine upon us. Now again, this is not a new image. This comes to us from Israel's history. Numbers chapter 6, when Aaron, the brother of Moses, pronounced the blessing to the people of God when he said, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the psalmist here is connecting the blessing of Aaron to the mission of God to bring salvation to the world. And it's this image 
of the smile of God. The warmth of God's loving gaze upon us, like the sun that shines upon us, that would have reminded Old Testament Israel, again, of its past, of creation. When darkness reigned, and then when God said, let there be light, and the world came alive, It reminded the psalmist of Israel and after the flood when God had punished all of the world for their sin. He then preserved the people for himself and the sign of the promise was after 150 days of rain and of darkness, the sun came out and the sun began to strike those droplets of water which made a rainbow. The promise, the reminder. And then, perhaps the psalmist had in mind when God had protected his people from Pharaoh and Egypt by removing the sun completely for three days, a plague of darkness for those three days. All the while, the sun shined on his people just next door. But we know what the psalmist did not know today, that there would be a day A time when the sun would not shine, when the world would turn dark in the very middle of the day for three hours, as dark as night, when God's face would turn away from His own Son, leaving Jesus in physical and spiritual darkness. And in that darkness, the wrath of God fell upon His Son, Jesus. And yet out of that darkness that fell upon Jesus came for us light and life and the very smile of God that rests upon you, His people. And it's the smile of God that lifts our hearts and that gives our hearts life. Tennessee, there was a young mother named Karen. This was years ago. And she had a three-year-old son and his son was named Michael. Karen was pregnant with a baby girl. And in order to, bond, uh, to, to sort of make that bond of love between Michael, the three-year-old, and the newborn girl who was yet to be born, Karen would have Michael sing to his unborn sister every night a song. And it was the same song every night. Well, as time came for Karen to give birth to her daughter, there were serious complications during Karen's labor. And she was in intense labor for many hours, way more than was expected. And for Michael's sister, she was born in serious condition. And she had to be rushed to a different hospital in a bigger city as the ambulance is, is driving fast and the sirens are, 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 are making a loud noise, taking her to a neonatal intensive care unit. As the days went by, the little girl's condition began to grow worse. And the physician there at the hospital told Karen and her husband that the little girl's condition was not getting better, it was, it was growing worse. And there was little hope left. Karen and her husband began to make plans for a funeral. But Karen's son, Michael, wanted to see his sister. He hadn't been able to yet to see his little sister. He hadn't been able to sing a song, and so he asked his mom if he could go and sing. But of course, little kids aren't allowed in the ICU. This time, Karen insisted, and the nurses relented, and they said, sure, Michael can go in. 
and he can see his little sister. And so Michael went in to see his sister all hooked up to different kinds of machines monitoring his heart. And so Michael got to do what he wanted to do. He began to sing the song that he sang to his sister for many months before this moment. And this is how the song went. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. And as he sung, the nurse noticed on the monitor that her heart was beginning to stabilize. And the mother, Karen, saw it. She said, Michael, sing again. And he sang again. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. And he continued to sing and sing. And it was just a few days later that Karen went home with her little girl, healthy. It was the song of someone who loved her that gave her the strength to live. And it's his song to us that Jesus loves us, that gives us the power for life, that gives us the power for mission, that gives us the hope and the power to live. So, so far, there's a people for mission, the church. The power for mission, it's the love of Jesus. It's his smile upon us. And then finally, the last point that I'll talk about is the people of the resurrection. Two points here, two sub-points. The people of resurrection OC. Second point, the people of the resurrection. Okay? First, the people of resurrection OC. I would imagine that this final service would be full of emotion for you. I would imagine that there are lots of memories that are swirling in your minds this morning. I would imagine that there are some memories of sadness, maybe some feelings of disappointment, maybe even some regret.